Welcome to the MLS Net Boys podcast for episode 20. I'm Jacob. 20 episodes? 20 episodes. This is this is, this is Chase. 20. I didn't even introduce myself. That's crazy. <laughs> I didn't even realize it's been 20 episodes. Here's to 20 more and then quitting after this. <laughs> Finish the season. Just one season wonder. It's so funny that we've done 20 episodes cuz I think we talked about this like recently. Still, like, I've had a lot of my family recently find out that I do a podcast, and it's funny. Like, nobody, like, everybody's like, "You do a podcast? What do you What do you mean? You talk?" And then, like, everybody after they listen, that sounds very professional. <laughs> yeah, I, thanks for the feedback, everybody. I, I don't really tell people as well. I kind of keep it on the down low. I just went up to to Canada, and Emma, actually, my wife was was telling people, and I'm like, ah. <laughs> and yeah, I'm I'm okay with people I know listening, but I think it's funny that because we're both like pretty private people about it, I would say, and it's not like we have a problem with like our friends and family listening to it, or or like in my case, like the kids I coach as well. Like we don't have a problem with it, but we're not the type of people to like go out there and like advertise it ourselves. Yeah, it's kind of weird to self promote something like this, but more views, right? I'm just going to get a shirt that says, I do a podcast, in like big, bold letters. Not even name the podcast, though? No, I want people to come ask me so that they're forced to talk to me about it. Live interaction? <laughs> yeah. I just record every interaction. Fan meetup at Costco. <laughs> hey, I'm, I met, I did a fan meetup for the Timbers at a Home Depot in Tigard, <laughs> Oregon, I not even Portland. <laughs> and I met... Pamo Duka and Steve Zakawani. Dude, why why would they pick Home Depot as the place to do a, a Timbers fan meetup? It wasn't even inside. It was in the parking lot, too. It was in over some, like, tent awnings. Dude, I feel like that's the type of thing that you're not going to get with this next, like, era of MLS. You're not going to get the weird fan meetups, you know, the, the weird, like, locations like that. Can you imagine, like, where they do a fan meetup for, like, columbus crew back then like <laughs> that screams home depot because they're like the working man's club you know no nah, they're lowe's they're a lowe's club lower.com field <laughs> anyways i guess some soccer happened this weekend yeah, but... we should probably roll into it just we're trying to like avoid <clears throat> talking about the timbers as long as possible they played <laughs> anyway Saturday had a full slot of games. Um, the Gold Cup is also happening, so a lot of teams are without some players that are that are notable. Um, first game of the weekend, Cincinnati hosting New England, and this was a two-two draw. Pretty pretty interesting game actually. Dominique Badgey actually got a hat trick. Two goals for Cincinnati and one own goal for New England. <laughs> But uh, this was a this was a this was New England's or sorry this was Cincinnati's first time this season not winning at home. Actually, they got a draw only, but still, every other game before this they had won. That's crazy. That's crazy that they went that long, and I mean, still a good result because New England is the team right behind them, so they didn't give up three points to the team right below them. Yep, exactly. So this doesn't really do anything for. Um, it doesn't put him at a disadvantage, I should say. Um, so yeah, solid point. New England actually was ahead, and they Cincinnati equalized. So 
New England probably a bit more frustrated with that one. Have you seen all the stuff about how like Cincinnati is on track to like break the record for most points in a single season? That's crazy considering where they were at you two love, or three years ago. Yeah, you love to see it because, yeah, I think you mentioned it last week, but they're a real rags to riches story at this point. And it makes a really good argument as to like these teams that are just historically terrible, like you already know who I'm going to say, like a Colorado. <laughs> Or, you know, like San Jose, you've seen the turnaround. But these teams that just underperform always, like, there's no excuse for them not to do what Cincinnati is doing. Where they turned around in, like, one year, two years, and now they're arguably the best team in MLS and arguably on track to be the best MLS team of all time. And not to rant into it, but I think this is a... maybe Like, a this is a point for contemplation and I think a selling point for owners in this league is that in a lot of in many places Cincinnati would have been relegated and they they wouldn't have this chance to even do this maybe they come back in a year you know if this was a pro rail situation um but like you wouldn't see a story like this necessarily and there's pros to cons and cons to both um but that's kind of the cool thing about MLS is you can have one year where you're terrible and then next year you're breaking history for points really cool to see that's why i love this league so much that's right columbus hosting the new york red bulls and columbus with a 2-1 win and cucho gets back on the board with a nice back heel the no look back heel flick into the net perfect timing because we recently picked up our fm save again me, Jacob, and our friend Ryan, and Cucho Hernandez has been on fire for me. But, you know, I love to see the man doing well in real life. It's kind of funny. We were talking about this the other night when we were playing, like, that just obscure game, like that random game where we just span a wheel to see what team we get has made me, like, an actual Columbus fan, which is fun because Timbers are pretty poopy this year. Having a good team to root for on the other side of the country is pretty pretty cool. I can't say the same thing because <laughs> if it's even possible, my FM team is doing worse in real life than the Timbers. <laughs> so I'll touch upon that later hey, though when we get to You them. know a good sign though is you're doing better with Toronto than Bob Bradley did. That's right. I'm the only – no, we all are actually. We all are overperforming our <laughs> our metrics. But next up, Cuda, Cuba loses 4-1 to Guadalupe in the gold – Oh, yeah. I'm just kidding. Forgot that game was happening. <laughs> we won't talk about that big matchup. That sellout crowd in Miami or wherever they're playing at. Miami hosting Austin. And this was a prediction game that I didn't really have a say in, actually. <laughs> uh, producer Isaac got to pick for me. But what did you guys predict? Uh, well, you, via Isaac, predicted a 3-1 Austin win. I went for a 1-0 Austin win. I think we both were kind of expecting to be some turmoil in Miami with everything that's going on and the fact that they're just waiting on Messi, but really all along they had the true GOAT in Joseph Martinez as he scored his 102nd or 103rd MLS goal or something. Nuts. Quite, quite the achievement for him. In only six or seven years or something like that. Yeah, so. pretty pretty insane. Um I mean, it'd be really fun to see what this guy could have accomplished if he wasn't 
you know, was never injured and had the right work rate, I guess, right mentality. He kind of, kind of fell out in uh, Atlanta, but good for him. Good for him getting on the board. And then Nick Lima just putting in work for Austin yet again. Nick Lima is one of those just, he's going to be one of those MLS lifers that me and Chase just spit at each other like Chris Pontius or give me another one. Alan Gordon. There you go. Um, Here's another one. Ned Grabavoy. (laughs) So that was 1-1, by the way, if we didn't mention that game, Miami hosting Austin. Next, Orlando City hosting Chicago Fire, and Orlando wins 3-1. Chicago was on a two-game win streak before this, though, but Orlando's kind of coming into form. Facundo Torres is heating up. Orlando is finally living up to the expectations I had for them at the beginning of the year. I was really hyped on them, and then I didn't really follow them super closely. You know, I'd kind of check in on their games, watch a little bit here and there. But I would always see the Orlando City, like, fan TV on TikTok, and they would just be going crazy after the game, like, just calling for Oscar Pereja's head, just absolutely in shambles, it seemed like. But good for them, finally picking up some form at the expense of Chicago, unfortunately, a team that seemed like they were kind of on the right pace, but not, unfortunately not. Nope. Yeah, big win. Big <laughs> win for the Lions. Next up, Toronto hosting Real Salt Lake. Another prediction game. And Chase opted for a 2 0 LAFC. Or, whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa, whoa, whoa That's whoa, a completely whoa. different game. <laughs> Chase opted for a 2 1 RSL victory. I opted for a 2 0 Toronto victory. It ended up 1 0 to RSL. At the death. At the very death. At the end of the game, 92nd minute. So Chase gets a point for the right result. Um, RSL's on a roll. You'll love to see it. Um, I don't even know. I didn't even check the lineup if uh, if uh, Chicho Arango played, this, played in this game. I don't think he can till the window officially opens, yeah. which I think is the fifth. That's right. Yeah, but I mean... I just feel like this team is so like rejuvenized. Like they they have a pretty good spine, and then to have that belief from the ownership that this is like a group that can really do something and go out and spend money on a player like Chicho Arango, who is proven in the league, um, really good for them. I I think they're definitely a playoff contender and one of those sleeper teams that I think might make it deeper in the playoffs than most people think. They've got a lot of like solid pieces actually when you look at their roster um kind of slowly over the last couple of years i feel like um so big win next up dallas hosting lafc this is what i got mixed up with so i predicted a 2-1 dallas win even though i didn't <laughs> and chase predicted a 2-0 lafc win and dallas won 2-0 so i got the right result What is going on with LAFC, dude? It's funny because I think back to, I want to say like four weeks ago or something, maybe maybe five, it was right before the the CCL final, I believe, and me and you were talking. Remember when LAFC were just steamrolling the league? They hadn't lost a single game, and they were dominating in Champions League, and we were talking about whether or not, like this was the start of like a first true dynasty in the modern MLS league and 
I don't know. I don't remember what you said, but I was kind of hesitant. I was I was just saying like these guys can put up a stinker still at the end of this year. We've seen so many teams when they go on these deep Concacaf runs, something just happens to them like immediately after, and they just crash and burn. They get like mentally broken. I mean, I will say they've been rotating their lineup a lot. I mean, I don't know if you saw the stat. Um, but I think if you were to average out how many games they've played throughout this like part of the season, they've played a game every four days on average, which is insane. So there's just been no rest for them. And they do have a deep team. They have a really good bench. But that's something that's just it's un you know, you can't sustain that as a team. It's that's no matter who you are, unless you're just Man City and have like a whole entire government funding your team. Um but kind of just crazy that they've played that many games. So it makes sense that they're kind of on this like little bit of fall off, but I think they'll they'll rise back up and make a good deep run in the playoffs this year. I hope not. Moving hope on not as well. Sporting Kansas City hosting Vancouver and SKC wins 3-0, kind of a bounce back for Kansas City. Uh, and I want to focus on Polito because he scores another goal and there's all sorts of rumors of him like signing like a pre-contract to go back to Chivas at the end of the year. How do you think that's going to impact him if it happens? If I was Peter Vermees or somebody in the Sporting KC front office, I would absolutely let him go. Dude has done nothing for them. And then all of a sudden, like last six months of his contract, he decides to not be injured all of a sudden and start scoring goals. He's been... I would I wouldn't sign him again. Huge waste of money in my opinion. You think so, but you can see the impact he has when he's healthy. Yeah, but that's like a that's a real risk to take. I if I were them, I would be probably kind of scouring the market for somebody a bit younger, a little bit more exciting that has a bit more sell on value, I think, rather than a guy who's a little bit older that the only interest for him comes from Liga MX. How about Uriel Antunia. The, oh, gosh. That, dude, that signing just screams LA Galaxy. It, well, remember he used to play for them? <laughs> yeah, I know. And I could see him going back. <laughs> um, I don't know. Similar similar vibes for me. That guy is so bad. That Have you watched him play for Mexico? He's so bad. All he does is just dribble and no end product. Everybody on Mexico is bad, thankfully, <laughs> these days. Um, next up, the loons of Minnesota hosting our Portland Timbers and they lose and Minnesota wins 4-1. I thankfully didn't watch this game in real time. Where'd you I go? I went out to a uh, brewery/tap house that's like in the middle of a hop field and then I went to a rodeo afterwards with my girlfriend. Had a way better time than if I were to sit down and watch freaking Alias Ivasic get just hit the ball into his own net after after a uh, corner and you know what i did i had some friends over and spent 45 bucks on pizza <laughs> just for us to lose 4-1 that's the price it takes you know you i don't probably know. wouldn't you probably wouldn't have minded spending that price if the timbers won 4-1 that's right you know <laughs> let's not even focus on like why Portland's so bad. Let's actually focus on 
Minnesota actually being pretty competent, actually, and how different they look with Reynoso. Because even with him gone, they were treading water and they were getting some results. But now that he's here, he look they look great. They look fantastic. And Timo Pukki's coming. That's a pretty big signing for them. Which is funny because when I think about like players in Europe, I can't see them picking any bigger name than Timu Puki. Yeah, <laughs> you're probably right. I mean, fin- I mean, a, he's not a bad player by any means. I mean, he's been pretty unreal in the championship in England, but every time he gets promoted to the Premier League, I think mean, he had that one year where that he, one he year. got 10 goals early on. I don't know if you, there's this, uh, this youtube channel i follow it's called extra time or not extra time uh, football daily and one of the guys on there had like a really hot take when they first got promoted and he said timu puki wouldn't score more than 10 goals and he like made a bet and had some like you know he would have some payoff thing he'd have to do if he lost and then uh sure enough timu puki scored like 10 goals really fast and they did nothing for the rest of the season so there was like this conspiracy that timu puki saw that video and like out of spite, just scored ten goals in like fifteen games, and then just fell off the rest of the season in the Premier League. What if that? I hope that's the case because that's kind of. Imagine though he comes to MLS and just like puts up better stats than Messi. <laughs> <laughs> that would be kind of funny, actually. <laughs> no, I, you know what I want to see? I want to see Messi just get pocketed by some random second-year defender who got. I want a draft of like Syracuse or something. Do you want to see? What about a veteran like Ray Gaddis? <laughs> that was your that was your lasagna timer going off. I got a Costco lasagna <laughs> in the oven that I thought my phone was on silent, but apparently not. Um, no, just imagine like Ray Gaddis, who's not even like traditionally a center back, just pocketing Messi just, for the whole game. You know, partnered with Alvis Powell next to him. <laughs> just two guys who you would expect to just fully get burned by the greatest soccer player of all time. Espria? <laughs> anyway, Nashville hosting DC United, and this one was all about Randall Leal. He gets a, a brace, and he actually becomes player of the week, and Nashville wins big over DC, and that puts them into second place in the East crazy they they've kind of just quietly been putting some form together only downside of this game is walker zimmerman got a red card so that's not too good for them in their next game they they've heavily relied on walker zimmerman but good on them though just putting together some form quietly i feel like these are the teams that are really exciting to watch the teams that like don't get really good coverage from the league or the media that just kind of quietly put together this form they're always the most fun to watch. They have these guys like Dax McCarty or Walker Zimmerman or Teal Bunbury, you know, just guys that like aren't huge names in the league that aren't really recognizable, like on a global scale, but just have been solid in the league for a long time. And you just know what you're going to get with them when you see them step on the field. I agree. And I think, I think the cool thing, I think part of the reason why it's so, it's so fun to root for those teams because you can see, you can just tell MLS, the social media, everybody wants, you know, the LAFCs to win and dominate and become fans of those teams. But when you see a, a Nashville quietly do their business, it's hard not to like what they're about. So, yeah, good on Nashville. Um, also, they only played D.C., so not that impressive. 
Next up, St. Louis hosts Colorado, and St. Louis wins 2-0. Back on top of the West, right? Yeah, I believe so. And yes, they are. And St. Louis, yeah, I mean, we talk about it every other time almost. They, what a what a season for them. But Colorado, what's going? I mean, they're terrible. I don't even know where to start with Colorado. I just there is no passion, there is no <laughs> vision, there is no nothing in this football club. It's just officially the worst team in the league and that's really sad worse than miami and they've kind of done the inverse of what cincinnati did i mean they were they weren't at that height but like remember like a few years ago they won the western conference 2021 and it was they did a good deep run and then now they're just there's nothing to look forward to as a colorado fan that was another team that was like fun to root for because they were just solid on defense austin trusty and abubakar back there and then they had these random like it felt like kind of like underlooked pieces on all these other random mls teams that they just gathered together in one spot and even robin frazier undervalued coach in the league assistant for years he gets a gig he strings them all together yeah they went first place in the west and if the Timbers didn't play them in the playoffs, which they did. I would have rooted for them to go all the way because it was such a good good story. But that team, they didn't really stick with a lot of it, unfortunately. Austin Trusty left. Um, Jack Price has been injured, The kind of the soul of that team. But it's all right. Mes- Miami, you know, they're at bottom of the east. They got Messi coming. Colorado, bottom of the west. It's all right, though. Andrew Gutman is on his way apparently hey, according hey. to rumors so you know what i will say about that is andrew gutman proven in the league messy don't know up in the air see that's why that's why i like you chase you always bring a level-headed take <laughs> next up we got montreal hosting nycfc and nycfc finally wins their first road game in like what half a year or something like that <laughs> It's it's been a long time. I think it's since last year, actually, since last August, they hadn't won an away game. They hadn't won in general in ten weeks in the league. Jeez. And did you see the goal that was scored? I did not catch the goal for this game. No, it was a nuts, pretty nuts scissor kick volley uh, in the box, and Pellegrini for NYCFC just hits it clean. Oh, you're right. They were. Uh, I saw that on uh, the MLS Instagram. Yeah, Matias Pellegrini scoring. It was like, yeah, it was kind of a nuts scissor kick, but yeah, I don't know. I did not make time to watch this game, if I'm being completely honest. It <laughs> doesn't really jump off the page. Um, San Jose hosting LA Galaxy, the Cali Classico. This used to be the big California game before El Trafico. Um, they host it in Stanford Stadium, which is a big American football stadium that's a lot bigger than San Jose's normal home field and they pack it out every year and it's just a great game tradition in the league this one was a 2-2 draw the Galaxy up twice and they blow a lead both times and they had a penalty in stoppage time taken back because of VAR (laughs) 
You love to see that, especially <laughs> because Christian Espinosa scored in like the 81st minute to tie it up. So just like right at the death of the game, and then they get a chance to go ahead and <laughs> VAR just takes it away from them. Yeah. Oh man, so, Douglas Costa started this game. He said an assist a couple weeks man's ago. Man's back in the lineup after just getting some unnecessary red cards. Um, I will say. You know, San Jose missing Cade Cowell, I feel like, had a big impact on them not winning this game. Cade Cowell, I don't know if you saw Did you see his goal for the U.S.? Solid goal. Just rounded the keeper, calm and composed, like sent the defender, faked it like a couple times, and then put it in the net. Um, they definitely don't look quite the same without him, but that's a good problem to have, have play, having players of that quality that you lose them for international duty. Something the Timbers don't really have to deal with ever. No comment. Seattle Sounders hosting Houston Dynamo. Seattle wins 1-0 against Houston. I don't know why this always happens when these two teams play. Seattle squeaks out a late goal, but Houston gets another red card. When they played like a <laughs> month or two ago. It was the same thing, right? It was like Houston got, I think they had nine players at the end of the game. Just whatever's going on i'm just coping because i'm a portland fan and it sucks to see seattle win on the same week but i mean three points for the Sounders. kind of a necessary win for seattle because if they wouldn't have won that i think they would have dropped to fifth place or you know they would have been they would have been tied on points with fc dallas and salt lake would have jumped up into third so Necessary for them. They stay tied on points with LAFC with the same goal difference, actually. Which, um, um, two more matches played, though. So Yeah, and big win, especially considering they, they're they without Morris and Roldan. So, I like, think both the Roldan brothers, actually. I think That's right, for uh, El Salvador. Yeah. Um, last game of the weekend was on Sunday. So, yesterday, or, yeah, yesterday from when we were recording, I guess. But... Atlanta United hosting Philadelphia Union. Atlanta wins 2-0. Good win. Kind of crazy. You see the Thiago Amada goal in the seventh minute? Yeah, that was nuts. Man just smacks it into the the, the wall and then <laughs> just hits like a crazy side volley into the top right. Yeah. Yeah. That's like the dream scenario. Like, whenever it's like... You were talking about this last week, but whenever you strike a volley that clean, you just know it's like gonna be good. It's gonna go in the net. That was exactly that shot by Almada, um, but not an easy, an easy win against Philly. So, yeah, that's that's this week of MLS action. What a week it was! I feel like there's no boring weeks in MLS anymore. It seems like all it is is just a matter of how many bangers are going to be scored. And that's what's really fun about the league. Yeah, so next up, we're going to... Moving a charger here, sorry. What are we going to talk about, Chase? You got, a, you got a little game plan for us. We're going to go over the MLS All-Star Game roster. It was recently released this week. I was... I don't know. I have mixed feelings about this roster. Jacob and I haven't really talked about it at all, but I'm going to go through the roster, name off all the players for each position, 
uh, this list I'm looking at has some players listed in incorrect positions. So if I get it wrong, bear with me. Um, but I think there, there's definitely some misses on this roster. And that's kind of the problem that I take up with this style of all-star game. I think a lot of players get left out that deserve to be there. And you don't get full representation across the league of, um, for example, in the past, like Christian Espinoza is on this all-star team because San Jose has been playing well, but he's an all-star caliber player that hasn't been represented before because San Jose has been a pretty terrible team overall. So I think if you were to switch it to like an East versus West, you'd get players like that involved more, but I'll spare you guys the rant as we are slim on time today. There's a Costco lasagna waiting for us right now. So while that thing is browning in the oven, we'll just dive right into it. All right. I'll start from the back, work our way to the front. I'm going to name each player for a position, and I want Jacob to tell me who you would dump and then who you would replace them with if you were to dump somebody. So for goalkeepers... We have Roman Berkey from St. Louis City. We got Jordi Petrovic from New England Revolution. And then we have Tyler Miller from DC United. Are you keeping all three of those guys or are you going to dump any of them? <laughs> you already know who's going to get dumped right away. <laughs> Petrovic? <laughs> yeah. Um, Miller's a confusing one. I mean, honestly, it's a fun game. Like, it's not. Either way, the MLS All Star game. I mean, there are actually the funny thing is you do get bonuses and stuff if you do get selected to this if you're a player. So there are some like real life consequences to making or not making this. But Tyler Miller is a confusing one because we should say this game is being hosted in D.C. and Tyler Miller is a D.C. United player. So there may be a little bias there. Was he the like the coach's pick? I don't believe so. I think that may have been Benteke. Okay. I think Benteke was the uh, the coach's pick. Either way, Tyler Miller, I'm dumping because I actually think he's, you know, he's entertaining to watch. He does some weird stuff, as we all know. Um, you don't want to see him get chipped by, uh, you know, uh, Kai Havertz in his first game for Arsenal. He, uh, he actually was a coach's pick. The coach has actually got a pick about half the team this year, interestingly enough. Oh, um, weird. But I'm dumping him. And I'm going Takauka, the Vancouver Whitecaps goalkeeper. He hasn't been the best, but I think he's been solid. And I don't know. He's been a fun keeper to watch. I agree because you can see the impact he's had on a team like Vancouver that last year they conceded a lot of goals and they're very shaky. I mean, they still aren't the strongest team defensively, but it gives them so much more freedom to go forward and attack when they have a guy that's solid behind them. So that's, that's a solid pick. It's a solid pick. All right, moving on to defenders. Funny enough, first guy they have listed on here is Lucas Zellerayon. So I will save him because I would put him with the midfielders, I'd say. He's more of like a 10, so I'll save that. Defenders, we have Alvaro Barrial with FC Cincinnati. Ryan Hollingshead with LAFC. John Gallagher with Austin FC. Matt Miazga with FC Cincinnati. Walker Zimmerman with Nashville. Tim Parker with St. Louis. And then we have John Tolkien 
with the New York Red Bulls. John Gallagher for me is a very interesting pick. He scored a decent amount of goals this year for a fullback, but especially on a struggling Austin team, that really doesn't make sense for me, honestly. Like a lot of people, for example, like Portland fans especially were calling for um, Mascara, the right back, Juan David Mascara to be called up. But if you look at it, Portland's defense has been terrible, and he scored two goals. So th- those ones are always kind of confusing for me. I think they just want a player who's going to like take a lot of shots and make it kind of exciting to watch. But, man, who would I replace him with? Um, I'm going to go the fullback from Columbus Crew, Muhammad Farsi, I think that's his name. Mo Farsi, yeah. He's been a good contributor who is not really a very looked-after player, and he's been solid on a good Columbus team. And he can play on either side. I mean, I think he naturally plays on the left. I'm not positive. I don't use him in my FM save, so couldn't say. But I think that's a solid pick because this is definitely like this position is like pretty heavy in center backs. There isn't I think there's what one true outside back. Alvaro Barreal and then I don't even know what you'd call John Gallagher, honestly. Guy just doesn't seem to play any defense and whenever I watch him. Um all right. That would be your one dump, or would you dump anybody else from that list? Uh, I'll, I'll take my one dump on Gallinger. All right. All right. Let's get him out of there. Moving on to the midfielders. As I mentioned before, we have Lucas Zellerayon, Tiago Almada with Atlanta United. We have Matthew Chonier with, I don't know, I probably butchered his name, with Club de Foot Montreal. We have Hector Herrera with Houston Dynamo, Jose Martinez with Philadelphia Union. We have Ricky Puge, Puge with LA Galaxy. We have Aiden Morris with Columbus Crew. We have Luciano Acosta with FC Cincinnati. Then finally, we have Hani Mukhtar with Nashville a lot of midfielders there's a lot of midfielders i i already feel like i know who you're gonna dump out of this list there's two i'm thinking about you're more you're more than welcome to dump two guys you just have to have a replacement for each of them Hmm, that's tricky okay so for one that man i can't pronounce his name but the montreal midfielder chonier mm-hmm not a bad player, and I think he's scored a decent amount of goals, but I don't think he's had that, like, productive of a year, if I recall correctly. I don't know. I mean... <laughs> <sighs> Seems like a very random pick. Yeah, that's a, that's a weird one that... I don't know how he got in there, because... He doesn't jump off the paper in any way. Like he's he doesn't seem like a standout guy for for Montreal at all. And I mean, we might be completely wrong. There might be some Montreal fans out there who just. I mean, maybe he's like their Diego Chara that just locks it down for them. But I don't. I don't see that. Whenever I see their highlights, whenever I watch their games, guy does not stand out to me at all. I mean, I know who I would replace him with, but 
Who would you replace him with if you were to pull him out of there? I mean, this year he's got two goals and two assists, which doesn't really – and he's a younger – He's well, he's 24, which isn't even that young. So I'm taking – I'm taking Amin Bossy. He's got eight goals and three assists. And maybe not the same midfielder position, but overall in the midfield, they they go attack heavy always anyway. And that guy's got eight goals and three assists for a Dynamo team nobody expected anything from. Respect. Respect. Who was the second guy that you are looking to dump? <laughs> I think I, I know. I was just going to say Hector Herrera for the banter just because you don't like the guy, but I think it makes more sense for Bossy to be there if you're going to pick one of those two midfielders. I agree. I, I think another big snub for the midfielder position was uh, um, Noel Bodo Noel Bodo from FC Cincinnati. Yeah. That guy has been arguably like one of the most important pieces for them in their turnaround. Um, kind of like their Diego Chara. Like, just a solid defensive mid who just puts in the work and allows you to build forward. And um, and the all-star team is never built like a true team. There's, what, one defensive mid on this roster, Jose Martinez, and that guy just likes to shoot from, like, 40 yards out whenever he gets the ball, so that's probably why they included him. That, I almost feel like they just included him because of the goal he scored, like... A week ago. That's how I felt about Gallagher. I feel like they, they'll pick a player just who's kind of flashy or, you know. But I completely agree because, yeah, you look at Chara, the I think most people would agree the best CDM in league history. He got one all-star appearance. Yeah. Yeah, I was listening to the, the Extra Time, MLS Extra Time podcast about this, and I think it was like uh, Matt Doyle on the podcast. He was saying he's like, He's like, have we not, like, has, like, Diego Chara not done enough in this league to, like, prove to you, like, how important, like, D-mids are? Because I think even those guys, like, everybody knows, like, D-mids don't get enough appreciation, but they are arguably the most important position in MLS. Agree. All right. Moving on to our final slot here. We have the forwards. First up, we have Kai Kamara with Chicago Fire. Then we have Jesus Ferreira with FC Dallas. We have Giorgio Giacomakis with Atlanta United. We have Christian Benteke with DC United. We have Jordan Morris with Seattle Sounders. Dennis Buanga with LAFC. And then we have Christian Espinoza with San Jose Earthquakes. Solid list of names there, if I'm being honest. Yeah, this is a t- this is probably the hardest one I think because I'd s- I think you could argue all of these guys deserve to be there. The only one that like isn't comparable in stats is Kamara, but I I like the pick because it's actually the commissioner's pick, and that spot is usually kind of either used on a young talent to kind of showcase them or a veteran kind of appreciation pick. And interestingly enough, that's who that Chonier, Matthew Chonier, um, Montreal pick is actually a commissioner pick as well. So I think it's kind of a showcase pick, honestly. So I won't say Kamara. I'm going to be a hater. I'm going to say Jordan Morris. If (laughs) I had, if I had to, I, I think he should be there to be fair. Um, but 
Buanga has more goals. Uh, Espinosa has more, two less goals, but five more assists. Uh, Jesus Ferrer has more goals. Yakumakis has one more goal. Um, so if you had to pick one based off goal contributions, other than Kamara, it's Jordan Morris. Um, and Julian Carranza has 10 goals. So I think that would be my pick if I had to. That's fair because I think, if I remember correctly, this game is going to happen before the Gold Cup is over. So if the U.S. makes it to the final, Jordan Morris is with that group right now. So he won't be there to actually play in this All-Star game. Um, and I think it's true of a few other guys like Walker Zimmerman as well. Um, a couple guys on international duty who may end up getting replaced. So this isn't like a final roster, but I think that's a solid pick. I think Julian Carranza is a guy that kind of got snubbed from this list, but I don't know. That's one of the things I just, I complained about it already. I think when you just settle on one team for the whole league, you leave out a lot of guys that probably deserve it. I agree. So that wraps that up in the spirit of the 4th of July, American Independence Day. I'm going to give a little bit of an American MLS quiz impromptu. He doesn't know what I'm going to ask him. I have no clue what this quiz is about. He told me like 10 seconds before we started recording that we were going to do this. That's right. (laughs) Um, So since 4th of July is tomorrow as of recording this, and whenever you listen to it, it will be past this, but I got a quiz. So I'm going to ask you a year in MLS, in a, in a season, so I'll say the year of the season, and I want you to name the top American goal scorer in the entire oh league gosh. from that season. Oh, no. So there's some years where it'll be pretty easy. Um, I don't know if, about if that, If you dude. know your history. I won't go give a certain year you don't want me to go beyond just so it's not ancient. I don't know because I always blank whenever we do these, and then as soon as I hear the answer, I just kick myself for the rest of the day. I'll go pre... I won't do anything prior to 2010. Just so that it's all All last two decades, roughly. Fair enough. Um, All right. Who was the top American goal scorer in 2013? 2013. That's tough. Because that's, like, right around the peak of, like, Kenny Cooper... You know, that's right around the peak of Kenny Cooper. Would would you I, like their goal total as well for the year? Yeah, what was the goal? Total? This year was 21 goals. 21 goals from an American, top of the league, top that's, American goal scorer of 2013. That's tough because that's also like the peak of like the Landon Donovan, like Robbie Keane era, I believe, like right kind of before that ended for LA Galaxy. Um. Who's another American that was tearing it up in 2013? I'll give you a hint. I was only freaking 15 or 14. He won the MVP this season. In 2013? So it wasn't Kenny Cooper then. (laughs) I'm going to go... This is kind of a safe option. I want to say Landon Donovan because I think they... No, the next year was when they won MLS Cup, I believe. Incorrect. He did play on the Galaxy, but not the season he won MVP. Dang it. Would you like the answer? 
I'm trying to think of one other American that may have been balling it up that time. But I I don't know. I'll I'll save myself. Mike McGee from the Chicago Fire. I thought that guy had retired by then for some reason. I thought he was like an early 2000s player. That was was kind of a fun one because, yeah, he was a part of that Beckham, Donovan, Keene dynasty. He got traded to Chicago, which is his hometown. First year there, he scores 21 goals, wins MVP. So Good on him. Yeah. Next, who was the top American goal scorer in 2011? Oh, man throwing it back for the i'm gonna i'm still thinking kenny cooper i'm still thinking kenny cooper hmm it's you know what's like tough about this is a lot of like my uh my like knowledge of like american players is like the random niche guys like i want to say like an alan gordon or uh 2011 it's tough because I feel like there's just a handful of guys that kind of ran this list for a while. I don't think it was Landon Donovan. I don't think he picked it up that year. Who's some other American dudes? I don't know. I can't think of any any other names besides Kenny Cooper because I think that's right around the time when he was around at New York Red Bulls. Maybe a little bit too early for him at New York Red Bulls, but I know that's when he was bossing it up. Kenny Cooper's your guess? I'm going to go with Kenny Cooper. You are incorrect. It is Chris Wondolowski. <sighs> Screw that guy. <laughs> I hate um, Chris Wondolowski. Not a fan of the Wando show, huh? There's a lot of it. We've debated this in a party chat for like hours on end this is a cursed party chat topic this is like me and jacob at 3 a.m like we'd be a lot more like hostile towards each other and then once everybody else gets off we just debate it like gentlemen but yeah this is a this is a hotly debated topic for us um you're not wrong and i'll give you some hints here so wandalowski was the top was on this list five times 2010 2011 2012 2015 and then 2019 actually so i'll do no more wando picks i'll do and then actually (laughs) donovan was only on the whole list for the league one time it was in 2008 that's crazy so it's been a long time but i know he he had a lot of assists i think that's why he stands out so much and he he went on loan i remember a couple times to europe um next up though 2014, top American goal scorer in the league with 18 goals. In 2014, top American. It wasn't Landon, obviously. And that's when I believe Galaxy won the cup that year, right? Because that was right before Timbers won it. So if it wasn't Landon, another American in the league... Oh, my goodness, dude. This is a MLS, the streets won't forget player. Mike Gorilla. No. I'll give you, you want me to give you three of the teams he's played for? Yeah, give me some knowledge. Spit some knowledge at me. LAFC. Oh, so he's still playing. No. Inter-Miami and New England Revolution. 
Oh my gosh. So he's retired very recently then. A random American dude, striker who retired very recently. Center attacking mid. Oh, I don't know. Of Vietnamese uh, descent. Oh, that gives it away. That gives it away. I knew Lee Nguyen. Lee Win. <laughs> yeah. Nguyen. I wanted to no just way. get us uh, get us rolling because I got a couple more that are good ones. No uh, way. That guy had the most goals and he had 18 goals. I always forget that he was actually American because I don't. Did he ever play for the national team? I think. I think briefly, he had like very few caps. Yeah, I think he was like like on one of those gold cup rosters probably he's um, one of those guys in fm when you're like searching for like partially american players like he shows up <laughs> um next up 2016 top american goal scorer with 12 goals this player this is right around the time of the jordan morris breakout but i don't think it was him um, Clint Dempsey. No, but that's a great guess, actually. Because um, I know he was still playing, and that's when they won the league. So, so no, not Clint Dang Dempsey. Um, interestingly enough, not on this list. Actually, single hmm. time, Clint Dempsey. Good. He played for. Three MLS teams from DC United to Philadelphia in 2016, where he scored these 12 goals, ended his career with the LA Galaxy. Ended at the Galaxy. Was that Philly in 2016? And he scored how many goals? 12 goals. It's not even that many. That's like the, that's the really hard part is it's not like something that would have, would have been in the headlines then, you know? Lights out season, but he got comeback player of the year because he was injured the year before. 12 goals um, in 34 appearances on the left wing, so not not bad. And he ended with the Galaxy? This is one you're not going to... I'm like scratching my brain i feel like i know who it is i just can't put a name on it right now i'm gonna don't don't pick an obvious pick because it won't be them pick a there's like an obscure guy i can picture him in my head i just can't think of his name oh this is gonna kill me this is like the worst did he ever play for the national team five appearances five appearances for the national team Last was in 2017. Was he just strictly like a left winger? I th- I think he played um, on the right too, and maybe in the attacking midfield role. Oh but don't quote me my on that. gosh! I don't know. I I can like picture a person, but I just can't think of a name right now. Care for a guess? No, I can't think of a name. Not even Jack McBean? No way. No, I'm just joking. Oh, I was going to say, there's no way it was him. Um, Do you give up? I give up. Your boy, Chris Pontius. No way. 
No way that guy's – well, I guess it's only 12 goals. That's not a lot. <laughs> but 12 goals in 2017, and that was on the Union before they were, like, you know, kind of what they are. It's a solid year. 2017 was a rough year for Americans in MLS, I guess. 2016. 2016. We'll do 2017, though, since oh, you gosh. asked for it. Oh, no. Top goal scorer in 2017, 16 goals. 2017. Toronto won the league. I don't know any Americans on Toronto that would have been scoring goals. How many goals? Um, 16. This is tough. And this, this is really tough. This player was a striker. Um, I'm going to go Chad Barrett. <laughs> That's a bold guess. No. Yeah, a, a big-time player, big-time role player at Seattle. <laughs> In 2017, 16 goals, the year Toronto won it all. Give me some clubs. Give me some clubs and what conference he was in. This player. This this player. You're forgetting somebody here, Chase. Uh-oh. Who was a big player at Toronto in 2017 when they won the cup? Who was their big trio? The Javinko, Michael Bradley, and... No way. Josie Altidore? I'm just joking. It wasn't Josie Altidore. I was framing. Was, was, was he even there at that time? He was actually. He he. I was gonna say. I don't think he ever scored that many goals though. He was just kind of like a big nothing player in MLS. Scored the uh, <laughs> scored the MLS Cup final goal. Hey, he was all right for Toronto. He was. Yeah, he had that header saved by Stephen Fry uh, in the final. So I wish. Don't even bring that up. Why would you bring <laughs> that up here? This is a safe spot for that. Dude, we're celebrating Americans. Stephen Fry. Um, 2017. Okay, I'll give I'll give you some clips. So it was a Toronto player. No, I was oh just my I was goodness. just I was just playing. You're gaslighting me. Um, so this player went from Reading United, not the English team. This is an American-based USL League Two team. Reading, California. <laughs> um, uh, started in MLS at Sporting Kansas City. Went on loan to Orlando City in USL before they were in MLS. Played four years at Philadelphia. Played two years at Chicago after that. The next two years played at Nashville. Now he's at Toronto FC. Still currently at still currently at Toronto. Still at Toronto. And a striker. Yes. Oh, Only been on Toronto for less than three months. Just went to Toronto from Nashville. Striker. Scored on his debut and hasn't done anything since. I don't know any strikers of Toronto besides Diamande and Io Akinola. And I'll give you a fun fact. He played for the national team. Do you remember the U.S. men's national team's first game after the Trinidad and Tobago failure in World Cup qualifying. and I wanted nothing to do with the U.S. national team during that period. So they played a month later a friendly in Portugal, and that was kind of when they blew up the squad and Dempsey, you know, Brad, those guys. Well, Bradley came back, but not for that. Um, this guy assisted Weston McKinney for 
McKinney's first goal. And it was a 1-1 draw. I have no clue. He got a DUI in 2015. (laughs) These are the facts I needed to know. (laughs) These are the facts I was looking for. I'm trying to think Nashville strikers like before they were good. You're going to punch yourself again for this one. This is going to bother me. Um, It's some random guy that's been in the league that has done nothing. But on the DUI, he went to the MLS treatment uh, <laughs> rehab facility, and he says it changed his life. So Good for him. Good I wish for him. Brian Fernandez did that. Uh, I give up. I don't know who this is. Nobody? You, you got nobody in mind? I can't. Dude, I can't picture any American at, at Toronto. So these That would have guys- outscored Josie Altidore. Can I give you a teammate he played with in two of these clubs? All right, all right. You so, really want me to get this guy. It must be somebody very obvious. So these guys were teammates in 2012 at Sporting Kansas City. Then all the way in 2022, they became teammates again at Nashville. His teammate was Teal Bunbury. Is that our boy CJ? It's our boy CJ Sapong. The top American goal scorer. He went to Toronto? I no. thought he was still at Nashville. No, they traded him a few months ago. No way. Good for good for Nashville. CJ Sapong, <laughs> 16 goals in 2017. No way. Dude, that guy is the most freaking roller coaster player ever. That's Everybody what... talks about him like he's a great player and he'll just disappear for a whole year and then come back and do that. He got traded to Na- to from Nashville to Toronto. Debut game, he either started or subbed on, but he scored, and that won them the game. Played 11 more games since then and hasn't scored. That's right. I remember actually seeing that clip of like him scoring on his debut. That I hate that because I really don't like CJ Sapong. Why? <laughs> I don't know, dude. It's, there's like some of those players in the league that I think get too much coverage. Like, I feel like me and you really appreciate some like MLS like journeymen. But I feel like we appreciate the ones that don't get the love. Like, I really appreciate guys that don't get love from the league. And then when there's, like, an MLS journeyman dude that gets love and, like, doesn't deserve it, that's what frustrates me. Which is interesting because you're big Alan Gordon guy who's, like, the the MLS substitute poacher, dude, big, you know tall who striker. I, you know who I hated back when he played, but I love him now? I might mess up his first name, but Steven Lenhart. Steven Lenhart. Yeah, that <laughs> that guy was nuts. He actually has got a pretty good story. I think his like sister died or like something. He, I was watching this show on Amazon uh, Prime, and it, it's called Eco Challenge. It's like kind of like the Amazing Race, but like you you go through like this crazy like experience <laughs> where you like you're in a foreign country and you're you're like biking and climbing and you get like two hours of sleep and. <laughs> The show is in Fiji, and I was watching it because of that, because our heritage is from Fiji. But Stephen Lenhart was on the show. Oh, that's great. That's such an obscure connection for me making a very random statement about a weird MLS player that probably nobody else knows. That's why I have to bring it up. You're the only guy I can talk to about this. (laughs) Dude, 
Steven Linhart, if anybody doesn't know him, look him up. And the guy looked like he had a freaking helmet made out of a blonde afro. Do you remember they did the Linhart night at their old stadium? And they like gave out wigs of that to the crowd? Dude, he was the most frustrating guy against the Timbers, I remember. Because he would just... He was so dirty. He was such a dirty player. But... San Jose fans freaking loved the guy. Yeah, well, he was he he played like a punk, but he was uh he was a really good like guy. So yeah, I'm looking it up. His 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 father died when he was young, but his family was like super active in community service, and he would do like he would help with one of his teammates and bring like gear and soccer stuff to like Syrian like refugee camps. And he would also, like, just help, like, children and stuff. And I think he's, like, a coach now for, like, young kids or something like that. But super great guy now. Good for him. We got very off topic from what we were talking about. But good for Steven Linhart. That was the last one. So (laughs) my quiz. Thank goodness. Thank goodness. That was rough. I think I guessed only one or two and that was after a lot of hints so last thing of business for us we're going to do some predictions so happy 4th of July because of that game I guess Um, we're going to do some games so there's some 4th of July games actually normally we only predict the the weekend matches but since it's the 4th and since there will be festivities at some of these games we're going to do it First of all, we have to do LAFC versus LA at the Rose Bowl. El Trafico, baby. It's a sellout game. This was going to be the big kickoff of the year, but weather delays happened. Um, but 4th of July game, you know, this big rivalry, I this is going to be an awesome game. Shame most people probably won't watch it because of the 4th of July <laughs> stuff going on here. True. But... If you were there and you were a fan, this would be a great thing to go to. I went LAFC 3-1. I really wanted to say LA Galaxy because I want Ricky Puge to score another goal and take his jersey off and then um, for Chiellini to call him a payaso. Um, But I don't think it's going to happen. I think LAFC is going to bounce back. I said this last week and it didn't happen, but I feel like this game... I think they're going to be so like worked up and so built up from having such poor performances. I think LAFC is going to bounce back. I think they're going to win 2-0. I don't see anybody being able to score a goal for LA Galaxy. I think it's just going to be a poor performance for them. Preston Judd has entered the chat. Man scored a nice Van Persie-esque like, diving header the other day. It was nice. Um, Colorado hosting Portland. Colorado's got a cool 4th of July tradition. I think last week they said they've only not hosted a 4th of July game like twice in almost 30 years of the league, but they like invite all the Dang. fans on to like sit on the field afterwards and they get a free fireworks show and like their stadium's like right behind kind of like some mountain. So it's pretty cool. Um, kind of random, but Timbers used to kind of do a similar thing on Mother's Day. They used to always play on Mother's Day. And they would give roses out to every mom that entered the stadium. Really cool tradition. That's awesome. I'm all for those. Uh, 
I'm going Portland 2-0, and not that I think this will be a bounce back because I think Portland probably won't do great after this, but Colorado's that bad that even a team like Portland, I think, can win there. I'm a little more pessimistic. I'm going to say nil-nil. I don't think anybody scores in this game. I think it's going to be very boring, and people are going to be more excited to see fireworks afterwards than to watch this game. That's fair. Orlando's hosting Toronto... And I'm going Orlando 3-1. Kind of got some momentum. Facundo Torres is scoring. That's big for them. I wanted to say Orlando 4-0. I wanted to predict a <laughs> big instead. Orlando win. But in, you know, in the attempt to just keep some excitement here and to be different, I said Toronto 1-0. Because I didn't want to predict the same team winning as Jacob. So I went... Toronto 1-0 and Signe has been seeing the comments. He's pissed off. Bernadeschi, he's pissed off. They're going to show up big for this game and they're going to just beat down on some Orlando scum. I'm sorry, Orlando fans. You guys actually are pretty entertaining. Uh, I disagree with that take, but how un-American of you to give the Canadian team a win on the 4th of July. This isn't Canada Day. That happened. People from Florida are not American. <laughs> They're their own breed, their own everything. Well, that's going to wrap up the 4th of July special edition of the MLS Net Boys Show, episode 20. That's crazy. It's crazy. It's been 20 episodes and we still don't have any social media up. We're going to do one and we'll, we'll do like a we'll do like a special. Like whoever follows us We'll pick one follower at random. We'll, we'll send him a shirt or something. Ooh, dude, some merch. We're going to open up a shop. Only for the real ones. <laughs> Where do you think we'll be on episode 40? What do you think will be the big difference between here and now? Maybe we'll have an and intro <laughs> <laughs> and a Twitter account. Intro, Twitter account. 20 weeks. So when... That'll be like end of the season. So when in 20 weeks the Timbers host MLS Cup and defeat <laughs> Messi's inner Miami in Portland and <laughs> and Dyron Espria and Nia's Goat are lifting that Philip Anschutz trophy together, I'm going to say we'll have at least a Twitter, maybe even an Instagram. If we're lucky, Maybe. I don't know. It's been fun, though. It's been a fun 20 weeks. That's weird to think it's been about five months of us doing this every week. I still I still tell people, and I, I enjoy the fact that this only started because we were talking too late in the party chat when we should have been going to bed for work, and we just were, I was just like, you want to start a podcast about MLS? And we still do talk too late in the party chat whenever we get a chance. We don't we don't play video games nearly as much as we used to, um, you know, during the COVID days. But even like five months ago, six months ago, before we started this, when I would stay up late and I would tell my girlfriend, I'd be like, ah, oh, I was up to like 3 a.m. last night. And then she'd be like, why did you stay up so late? And I'd be like, well, me and Jacob were just talking. And she would just understand like immediately. She'd be like, ah, oh, gosh, like, why do you guys do that? But it's turned into this to the point where now instead of me staying up late on a random weeknight, now it's like me 
taking time out of like days that me and her usually to like spend together. <laughs> and it's like, I'm going to go over and do the podcast. I'll be back in like two hours. And then really I come back like five, five hours. hours later <laughs> to many more days where we can just hide away in our, in our guest bedroom. Yeah. One of these days we'll have a studio in a high rise building in downtown Salem, Oregon. <laughs> <laughs> Isaac just had the grossest look on his face. Anyway, we've rambled on enough. Yeah, we we got to wrap this up. We got a lasagna to dig into. So lasagna and some FIFA to play. Thank you guys for listening, and we'll see you next week. Keegan Hughes, come on the show.